And now for something completely different. You are about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. I want to thank you for joining us here at AM 1210 K-Praise, the Christian station in San Diego, California. I'm Steve Wheeler, the director of Whitefields Ministries, sitting in for David. You can find our ministry at whitefields.org. Whitefields Ministry supports national pastors starting new churches in their own countries. And you can call 760-846-8610 to reach our office if you have more questions. And I've got a great opportunity here. Somebody just walked in the door all the way from Uganda, kind of. Uh, Trevor, Trevor Tycon is with me today, and I'm really thrilled to be with him. Uh, last time uh, we were together, it was in Uganda. I was sitting in your house. Yeah. Well, this is your world over here. This it's is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I said, have you ever done radio? He's not quite with all this setup. It's, it's a little different in Uganda when we drop into a radio station. There's maybe one mic and we share it. And uh, some things go, but uh, Trevor's with us. And uh, I want to ask Trevor, Trevor is a part of a ministry. It's called Connect Africa Ministries. Yeah. And that is an Ugandan faith-based organization. And they have a very unique uh, uh, focus and it fits really well with white fields. We've enjoyed it. Because we support national pastors, the salary of those pastors, and we engage in coordinating and bringing different kinds of ministries together. And Connect Africa Ministries has been one of those. It's a very important part of the ministry. And Why don't you just tell us a little bit about, you're the founder of it, and what are some of the specific things that you do that, that Connect Africa Ministry does, Yeah, projects? Well, Utah, I get to see you over in my world, which is uh, oftentimes without electricity. (laughs) And uh, so it's great to see this side of the uh, lights. Lights are on. The power's running. No, we're not probably not going to lose that. Yeah. Uh, Connect Africa, the heart that we have is how can churches on the ground in these settings actually make transformation happen? Right. Things have to change. And we've we found that was the one kind of missing piece. There's can be many churches that end up being in these communities and there's many pastors, um, you know, in Uganda, it's thousands upon thousands of, of churches. And yet these problems persist on the ground. And the problems that you're referring to, because some people here, they don't understand. You're saying the power's on and they'd go, well, yeah, yeah the power's always on. These are places. What are they like? When you walk into a village in a place in Africa, describe a little bit to our listeners. What might you see? Yeah. I mean, it's quite something. The first time you go into these places, you'll see kids with distended bellies. Right. And that's malnutrition. Starving and malnutrition. You'll see people that are sick. Right. Uh, and it's usually waterborne illness. Dysentery and things like that. Yeah. You'll see of these long lines at, at uh, boreholes, a uh, hand pump, where people can be in a 50-person line waiting to pump water. Or no well at all. They're just it's, like down in Rook and Jerry when I first went. They're just... Just pulling water up out of a cesspool, kind of a little, yeah. little puddle that oh, is where water... A swamp. A swamp, yeah. yeah. And just pulling water out of an old jerry can. And so those kind yeah. of problems of these things aren't changing in a lot of scenarios. Right. 
And we found we what we did in Connect Africa is start to look for solutions. Okay. So there's got to be a solution for hunger. There's got to be a solution for waterborne illness. There's got to be a solution for these mud huts that just keep falling down every storm. Right. There's got there's got to be answers. And as we went on a journey, we we found about 25 different technologies okay. over the last 15 years. Yes. Like this is how you solve these problems. Everything is locally made. Nothing's imported. They can use just what's on the ground, just the the dirt that's there. Right. And they can make water filters. They can make new types of brick technology. They can make uh, echo echo sand toilets right. that deal with uh, toilet technology. They can <coughs> deal with rocket stoves. Oh, that, that's great! You know, there's so many of these ideas. And uh, key principle that you just said was things are locally there, so they're not yeah. waiting for somebody to import a water filter. Them, you show them how to use the materials, sand. And cement, which they have, they mine right there in Uganda. And you show them how to use those technologies, the resources that are available to begin putting things in place. So local is very important to the principle, right? And it's like empowering these pastors to actually do more than the gospel has to have more legs than just preaching. It's not just words, right? Right. It's this loving your community and getting in there and serving. And they say, but while we have nothing and we show them, no, right under your right feet. Right yes. <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah. And so they get to, their eyes come open that they could bring transformation. Right. I, I've seen that happen, by the way, right underneath a, a foot underneath the soil that they yeah. walk on is a substance I used to call it clay. I've now learned that you call it marum, marum yeah, okay? Yeah. And I've seen Peter, one of your foremen, uh, take a hoe and just kind of scrape back about a foot and go, there's the marum. That's what we need. That's it's what right we need, there. right there. <laughs> and they mine it right from that, and then they push the soil back in. And uh, what do they make from the marum? What do they well, we found a great technology called ISSB, Interlocking Stabilized Soil Blocks. And the idea is you can take this subsoil, this marum, mm-hmm. uh, you can take almost any soil mm-hmm. and uh, seven wheelbarrows of that mixed with one bag of cement. And then there's this hand crank machine, it, it, two guys on a machine, it's a metal <laughs> uh, compression machine. They can press into blocks, right? right. No, no uh, engines needed, no fuel right. needed. It's local people. Just all they need is a little bit of muscle. Yes. And out comes these bricks that stack like Lego. They almost look like Lego. Oh, yeah. There you go. They're just not red, uh, blue. What color? Red, (laughs) blue, yellow. No. And they do. And there's a video of that at the whitefields.org website at at the water page. Click on that. There's also a link to Connect Africa Ministries on our water page. So if you don't remember, connectafrica.usa, but, uh, or US, uh, connectafrica.us, yep. or uh, whitefields.org, the water page, because we we team up, we network with uh, Connect Africa, and they come in and, and they you train. Now, it's not just locally, but you also, you, you train the guys to do this. So they're learning right now how to make these themselves, right? Right. So we come alongside organizations like Whitefields, uh, and we say, hey, they're sustainable ideas. So right. we had you, Steve, come out to the house, <laughs> come and see the hub. And it's uh-huh. a 20-acre site where people got to walk and see how the how the land comes back to life, right. how buildings are built. 
ways of dealing with toilets mm-hmm. uh, instead of polluting the groundwater. Here's an echo sand, a, a right. toilet that composes and nothing gets in the environment. Right. Uh, you've got to see, you know, beekeeping, pig <laughs> tractors, fish farming. That's right. That's uh, right. This is that people come and it's like a, a, a sustainable Disneyland, right? Uh-huh. Where you get to get your hands on stuff. You just don't need a ticket. That's the cool thing about it. And we walk through that. Yeah. And what you're doing is you're really putting into practice innovative ideas. And then uh, you lead uh, training seminars. We, we've sent some guys up there. People have supported. Yeah. And they come up and they learn. And you teach them how to actually do these uh, innovative projects and send them back to their own village, right? Well, actually, you sent your guys. And uh-huh. They picked the technology. Uh, right? Okay. This is really important. Yes. To empower people, we don't decide what is going to be their solution. They get to see 20 different ideas. And they uh-huh. get to say, ah, this one is the one we want, okay. right? Yeah, that's Because <laughs> then they own it. They it's, own it. It's that's going right. to be hard work, right? Sure. It's going to use their muscles. They're going to, they're going to, this is hard work. This is not someone giving you a handout. Right. It's empowering them. So we, right from the get go, we want people to, to say, this is the one I want. Right. This is our problem and I'm going to help solve it. And that's what your guys did is they came and right. picked ISSB, the interlocking uh-huh. bricks. Yes. The great thing about these bricks also is that we don't burn the environment down building yes. build big kilns. Right. A kiln burns down tons upon tons of firewood. Right. And, and, and all throughout Africa, we're facing tremendous uh, deforestation. They're cutting everything down. Mm-hmm. And then the rains come and the topsoil washes away. Right. And now things won't grow. Right. And now you're dealing with huge erosion issues. Right. And so the, there's these kind of answers like, no, this is how you build good buildings. This solves deforestation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it checks all the boxes off. They made everything themselves. Right. And, and the cool thing is, is they're doing the work. They're doing this. They're yeah. putting it into practice. And uh, like you said, they own it. So they come in, they say, hey, this is a technology that will work in our village, in our place. It will solve the need that they see. Yeah. And so they bring it back and start doing that. Yeah, ownership is so important in any kind of these uh, relief work areas. Right. Uh, because if, if the, why relief doesn't work is because they just get a handout. Right. Handouts don't even work in America. Well, you know, right. there's, you and I just said that. It, it, it doesn't, you know, but people still like to do a handout because it <laughs> makes them feel good. Yeah. And, and so if you just want to feel good, give a handout and we'll put it to use actually training these people to do things. It's really a great uh, process. Um, I just, I've been reading a book called Poverty of Nations and, uh, yeah. uh, uh, they, they do a wonderful job. Wade Grudem and is a co-author with that sharing with us how, how so much money through like UN agencies and World Bank agencies come in to solve a problem, millions of dollars spread around. But no real transformation or at least no sustainable transformation takes place. You've got to empower these individuals. And the the great thing about Whitefields is you're empowering local church leaders, right? Uh, These are the pastors. And now they're being activated to be more than just preach at their church, but they get to change their whole community. Right, because they get to start helping people in their church. This is the fun part. We we hired... uh, 
we brought on two guys, Richard and Gervais. Uh, we made one the manager of the brick-making project, now that we have two machines down in Rukinji. Oh, right on. And uh, Richard is the manager of the Piggery micro-enterprise that we're getting started. And they've both been to your hub, or at least one of them has been to the hub already. The other's going to go up and, and uh, do the training with the Piggery and, and uh, the tractoring that you do. People uh, people don't understand that here. Here, if we want... Uh, if we want ham, we just go to the store and buy it. But uh, there, you have to raise it first. So uh, uh, and we found this great technology called pig tractors. It fits under our permaculture or permanent agriculture umbrella. Uh-huh. Uh, the idea is that we put pigs just in a little pen, eight feet by eight feet, about two and a half feet high. And then this pen moves every single day. You just drag it eight feet onto new grass and then the pigs eat it. They'll eat the bush. They'll eat the right. jungle, right? Yeah. They'll clean the land for you. They'll root in the ground and cause it to come alive. Mm-hmm. And so they end up doing the work instead of a tractor. That's right. why we yeah, call it call a pig, it pig tractor. tractor. And then the, the land all behind them actually ends up becoming more fertile. We, we all know why. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is Christian radio. We, can't, we don't have to go into that discussion. But uh, it ends up making a more fertile land behind them right. and working as well. So we're, we're working on a project. Our goal in uh, Rukinjiri is to get enough families raising pigs so that they can begin having uh, 200 pigs to go to market wow. so that they can sell them in Kampala at the full market rate. Yeah. And uh, so we're working, you know, and it, it, you start with one or two at a time. And how how much does a, a female sow cost? I, I'm not sure if you know that number offhand or I'm I, I think about- it's Four, four hundred, something, four, four, five hundred dollars, something like that. I think when you put it in a pig pen like that. Yes, that, that yeah. So, anyways, that's so. kind of what we're working towards, and yeah. uh, uh, I got to go f- refresh all those numbers. But the idea is the innovation that you're doing. Tell us, tell us uh, one one thing that's one of your most recent uh, innovations that you're working on. Something new that you just. Uh, well, you know, I, I got my fingers into the aquaponics system. Uh-huh. So we're trying to find out how can we. Uh, have a smaller fish tanks in dry areas, a thousand liter tanks mm-hmm. using recycled uh, uh, plastic containers. Mm-hmm. And then um, that fish water then goes into uh, growing areas. So right. now what the fish produce, the waste they produce is then transformed into the food that's needed for plants. Okay. And then the water's cleaned and goes back to the fish. So it's a closed loop system. <laughs> And so at the hub there, we're trying, you know, we, we find ideas and then we try them. And right. then once, uh, once they're working, we get groups like you guys to come on out and say, Hey, you could do this. This right. may be the solution for you. It's a way to, to help people grow their own food. Yes. And to get their diet to spread out from just, uh, maize and beans and uh, maybe pig or hams and pork, maybe to get them into fish and some other things. And so and we're, that. That's the whole element yeah. of how that kind of innovation, and you test it all out first. That's the great part. Yeah, and it's it's all locally made, so we're not importing things to do it. It's using what's locally available. You know, it's no longer give a guy a fish. It's not even teach him to fish. It's teach him to fish farm. Right. And he lives forever, right? And teach him how to teach other people to do what he's doing. Yeah. We are talking with Trevor Tycon. Trevor is the founder of Connect Africa Ministries. Whitefields uh, coordinates and networks with uh, Trevor uh, in uh, Uganda. We're working to, to transform a whole community there. I'm Steve Wheeler. I'm the director of Whitefields Ministry. I'm sitting in for David. And you are listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on AM 1210 K Praise. 
the Christian Station in San Diego, California. When we come back, I've got a few more questions for Trevor. We're going to continue listening to things that he's got going on, and, and we're going to find out more about how we can help people in those countries uh, become sustainable and uh, not starve to death, but learn even. I'm going to ask him some questions about farming and drought. So don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back. The David Spoon Experience continues on AM 1210 K-Praise, the Christian station. Hi, this is Sue Freeze of Ecola Termite and Pest Control, but you can call me the Termite Lady. And I'm Tyson Freeze, Sue's son and manager at Ecola. Mom, I know how much you love providing true value for our customers' homes, and I'm proud to announce that we are now providing tap insulation. Talk about value. You're right, Tyson. Now Ecola can offer pest control that basically pays for itself with 20 to 30% energy savings. Tap is a recycled paper product that kills pests while reducing energy bills, providing a warmer home in the winter and a cooler home in the summer. Ask about tap insulation insulation by calling 877-332-BUGS. That's 877-332-BUGS. TAP is an absolute no-brainer and a real value for anyone who wants to eliminate insects in their home while lowering utility bills. That's why you should call E. coli termite and pest control today. 877-332-BUGS or online at termitelady.com. E. coli, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. 877-332-BUGS or termitelady.com. It has many men hooked, but it's not a drug. It destroys families day in and day out. I'm talking about pornography. This is Real Family Life with Dennis Rainey on Monday, July 3rd. Listen to the tragic results of one man's addiction to pornography. My my dad was a great dad until porn just turned him into a monster. And today he's in jail because he couldn't overcome it. It was it started with just magazines and then moved to the internet and then and now he's just my whole family was just ripped apart by it. Hmm. I don't know the specifics of her father's story, but I do know his sin probably started out many years ago with a small compromise. Then another and another. Gradually, this man's conscience was desensitized until his selfish desires completely took control of his life. You know, the Bible describes this downward spiral when it says, When lust is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully mature, it will bring forth death. And that young lady just described the death of her family. One final thought. If you're involved in pornography, please don't do it anymore. If you're trapped, get help. Just stop the spiral now before it's too late. And pornography brings forth death to your family. You can find hope and healing when you turn from your sin to Jesus Christ. I'm Dennis Rainey, and that's Real Family Life. The David Spoon Experience continues on AM 1210 Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Uh, Todd's got us all up on our feet here. We're dancing in the studio today. That's glory, glory, hallelujah. Thank you for joining us here at AM 1210 K-Praise, the Christian station in San Diego. I've been talking with Trevor Tyke. I'm the founder of ConnectAfricaMinistries.org, and I'm the director of Whitefields. We coordinate together. Our ministries work together uh, very closely in Uganda. And uh, the goal is to transform communities, yeah. to help them become, overcome the poverty 
and the destitute, uh, the devastating effects and things. We're working on a project right now in uh, Chicharara. It's about three hours outside of the Rukunjiri Township. Uh, Rukunjiri is about eight hours from Kampala. Uh, that's up uh, the capital city, and that's where the hub is at. Uh, Trevor refers to the hub in Kampala. That's their main base. Yeah, that's their main base. And he was just mentioning as well, if, you, if your church has some projects going on in Uganda or, or Kenya, Kenya yeah. uh, either of those African countries, if you've got water problems, uh, either a well, a borehole that needs to be Improved, yeah, yeah, right. Or uh, if you want to learn about the ISSB brick making, how to make bricks, what all can you build with a brick? With the bricks, uh, what can't you build? Okay, <laughs> uh, what we've what we train on is uh, addressing some of these problems. So, building buildings, schools, orphanages. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do that kind of training. So get people their brick machine and then train their guys. So right. at the end of the project, their team is able to do the building from now on. Right. Uh, we trained your guys over to make rainwater harvesting tanks right. and they can make up to a 20,000 liter tank, you know, right. and solve their water problems. They made it locally. Yeah. And, you know, no one just came and dropped something there for them. So they, they own it. it. They manage yeah. it. They maintain it. They keep it. And then they set up the rules for making sure everybody from the village comes and gets the water. Even the weakest and the poorest, they're not kept away by somebody else. Yeah. We and, make echo sand toilets. Right. So we can deal with uh, the groundwater poisoning issues. Right. And take out so nothing's going to get down in that environment. Right. And then we teach them to grow and use what is left over. Our waste product actually becomes what causes composted, our plants to grow. Yeah, composted fertilizer. Yeah. And some things that are going with that. So you can find Connect Africa Ministries. Uh, they just look at org, And uh, Trevor was the, the founder of that. He's talked about the local, the things that are available local. That's, a, that's an important part of our principles. We want want people to be able to keep doing things. We also talked about training. Yeah. Because training is very, very important. They need to learn how to do it themselves. Do you sometimes come across problems with people that that don't want to do the work? Um, You know, oftentimes if they've been, like currently we work in a refugee camp up along the Sudan border. There's a massive crisis happening. uh, Well into almost a million refugees have crossed. And we have a center right there in Atiak. So this problem came to visit us on Mm -hmm. our front door. And uh, so we've pulled these pastors in. If they've been in a camp for a long time, they're used to just getting a handout. Right. The food comes to them. The, whatever the UN is going to provide comes to them. Usually it's barely enough to survive. Right. But every time they see a Westerner come in, they are looking with their handout. What do you have for me? Uh-huh. And we have we work on shifting that model because right. waiting and begging for handouts is not the uh, the answer. The answer is actually to empower them that, no, you're going to be the guy that transforms your nation. That's right. You're going to lead your people into healing and building and solving problems. And and so we partner with these pastors. They start to get their mind open to, we could do this. Right. We have this kind of dirt, right? Uh-huh. We yeah. have our, we're strong. Yes, we can and, do this. And they get empowered of like, no, we're not beggars. Right. It restores their dignity. And now they start preaching a different gospel, right? Uh-huh. They start leading. They're rising up. Right. Because it's the truth of the gospel, right? It truly the- strengthens the church. And, you know, that's what God told Israel. You know, in the Old Testament, if you go back and look in the Old Testament, God told Israel, you are not going to be a borrowing, begging nation. 
Yeah. You're going to go work. I'm going to bless what you do. And you're going to be the leaders. And they are. Even today, Israel is a tremendous innovator in the way they grow and the way they We've develop pulled some water. of their ideas. Yeah. Okay. We've, we've partnered with Israel Aid as well. Okay. Yeah. So you, yeah. you bring some of that same innovation in. And that becomes a very important part. What we're looking at with White Fields Ministry, and I mentioned the, the Chicharara Yeah, region, that's a dry, dry area. Very dry. Yeah. They were farming. This year's a drought. There's a drought everywhere in Uganda. It's been a hard year. Been a hard year. The rains didn't come. Yeah. Well, they plant normally in May. This is uh, July 1st, and their corn's half grown, and it's and burned dried. and dry, yeah. and the, the people are starving. So uh, Onesimus, uh, Pastor Onesimus, is on his way down there. It's it's uh, just about 1 a.m., I think 1.30 a.m. in the morning there now. Uh, when they wake up, they will be going down. They actually have a police escort that's going to go with them. Wow. Uh, yesterday, the uh, the uh, opposition government leader was in the area looking, and the police asked our church team, please don't go down now. You're going to you know, totally make a big scene. Everything's going to be crazy. Uh, it's dangerous. We just want you to wait. So they waited one day, and then the police said, we'll give you an escort tomorrow. But this is obviously, it's a handout. It's a donation. They're going to be delivering corn maize. But the goal, our goal, between you and me and our ministry, is something different, right? Yeah, you know, uh, it's great for that. the fact that it's Onismus and these leaders on the ground saying, we need to go here. Right. We need to love these people. Right. Uh, but they then are equipped also to say, let's walk with you on how to change how you're growing so right. you can plant in these areas. If the climate's shifting right. and the rains are changing their patterns, uh, you can also change the way you hold the water on your land. And right. so uh, I know you've been to the <laughs> hub and, and Nismas has, and they want to do these projects in your right. in in your uh in your organization, it's a, it's learning to quit slashing and burning the right. land, right? Respect your land, mulch all that material. So right. everything gets mulched. When you mulch, uh, ground that's mulched holds 70% more water, right? The water right. doesn't evaporate, the sun. Yes. Uh, dig in berms on the land to hold all that water. Right. Uh, and then they can learn to dig zypets, right? We've got all these <laughs> ideas. Uh, here's a new one, two foot here's by two foot one. hole. Okay. Yeah, there you go. And you mulch it. And now you can put in nine pieces of corn. So right. it'll even grow in a desert. Okay. This is how you can take very dry land and bring it back to life. So what will be happening over the next few months, I'll be working with Trevor. He and I will coordinate here from our ministries to help our leaders, our team leaders at the churches in Kotobo and Katonia and Chicago to begin going down to, to begin teaching and training these people to farm differently, yeah. how to preserve water. They've also got the brick machine. So if there's a eventual, our goal is to get a church built there, a roof, a shed roof, harvest rainwater off that. Trevor and I have already talked about a borehole. Maybe they need a well. Maybe we can get one of those installed. Yeah. And that's the way we begin to then teach and train them. And, and our team leaders, uh, I was so thrilled with them. Did you know they took an offering out of their own churches in Katonia and Katobo and Chicago? They took an offering. They got over a thousand pieces of clothes to take down wow. to these people tomorrow. Um, we bought, we, we sent funds to buy big bags of corn maize, the yeah. posho, they call it. Uh, but they also, people from their own church, I felt like it was the woman in, in Luke's gospel where she came and gave her two wow. pennies. Uh, tr uh, Onesimus. Well, you you know, that's what you've done is empower those people. 
they're not waiting for you to give them anymore. They're right. realizing we can give. We right? can give. Once someone gets empowered, they're going to start changing their country. And right. you're doing it. Now. It's, happening. <laughs> it's happening. I'm so excited. Well, one of, one of these people brought out of their yeah. own their own bag of, of mush, their own bag of, of maize, they brought several bowls full and said, here, I want to donate, I want to give. And Pastor Onesimus wow. said, wow, I, th- I thought these people are so poor that they wouldn't give any, and here they're bringing. And so they're they're raising that up. I view this as really, you know, we've been there now uh, just over two years, and uh, the Catobo and Catonia, or the Chigaga and the Catonia Church are very young. This is their first year, six months yeah. we've been supporting them. And they're already looking at a missionary venture. That's what this is. It's three hours. That's a long ways a for long people way. that yeah. do not own vehicles that yeah. walk everywhere they go, or a few people in the church That's a have, hard a, land you're have a motorbike. About. Oh, yeah. They said it's a very, very hard drive. Uh, they're taking the food down. They'll be delivering. They've now registered the people in all the houses. So they've got names. They know who the families are. They're already starting to talk personally with them and finding wow. out. And they're already sending me some uh, messages, text messages, and WhatsApp. Hey, this is a person. This is a person needs prayer. This is a person that has a special problem. This is a person that needs this, and so they're already knowing their names. You know, it's great to see a pastor reach outside of his church and to become a guy that's saying, "Man, I need to reach my people. I need to reach hurting people." That's right, and that's what's happened. You guys have enabled, and that. so we're doing that. So the yeah. the foundation, the way to fundamentally transform that community is to eventually get a pastor there. That's what we'll be supporting. Yeah, We'll be coordinating with your ministry to do training, because I don't even know how to farm uh, in that kind of a... I plant corn, right. and then I turn a hose <laughs> on, and I can water it every day. Yeah. If you took my hose away, and you took all the water from my house away, I'd have to, well, wait a minute, how do I grow stuff? And you're already doing that. Yeah, we teach, uh, you know... Teach them to do a little bit of soil testing ah, okay. uh, to actually go in and understand what's going on underneath the ground. Right. And then this mulching techniques that really work, right? The microbes come back. The right. life's in the soil. And when you burn it all off every, uh, you know, in and February, just, they burn it. Yeah, that's just the so way they've, they've always done. Yep, this is what they've but, always done. And but so now you've burnt that. off all your nutrients. Right. And so it's just working with your soil instead of against it. Well, that's marvelous. I'll tell you what, the very first time I talked with you on the phone and then we Skyped, I said, man, this guy's a brother. He, he's like, uh, this, this is awesome. Uh, we've had such a wonderful uh, relationship with you and you have helped our churches so far uh, greatly. Uh, ConnectAfricaMinistries.org is the way to find Trevor. Yeah. Uh, Trevor and his wife, Jana, you can be praying for them as well, doing mission work in Africa and living there and being there. Years now. Yeah. Oh, 15 my years, I'll tell you what, it wears you down. you got to pray for yeah. them. Uh, be very involved in uh, protecting them and praying for the Lord to lift them up. Uh, I'm Steve Wheeler, and I'm the director of Whitefields Ministries. So thrilled to be able to connect up with uh, Trevor from uh, ConnectAfricaMinistries.org. I am sitting in for David today. Uh, we've gone through uh, two more segments. We have not gone up on the roof and jumped off yet. Todd, Todd, <laughs> Tugboat Todd, we're doing that roof thing. All right, I'm ready. Okay, he's ready. You are listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on AM 1210 K Praise, the Christian station in San Diego, California. When we come back, we've got some exciting news coming out of uh, another country in the world. We're going to talk about the Philippines when we come back. Don't go anywhere. The bushes where a rabbit couldn't go. The rents of 
Stay tuned for more of the David Spoon Experience on AM 1210 k the Christian station. Separation from a spouse or legal partner is difficult, plain and simple. Child custody, visitation challenges, spousal support disagreements, and so forth can be incredibly messy if proper legal groundwork has not been set. Family law attorney Robert J. Balmer has been helping separated couples navigate the uneasy waters of divorce and legal separation for over 40 years. Robert is an experienced professional and will always talk to you straight. If you need help with any family law situation, Call Robert Bomber, B-A-U-M-E-R, for a free legal consultation. He'll give you good, sound advice about your situation and what should be done. For a free consultation with Robert, call 619-497-0054. The law offices of Robert J. Bomber, a good team to have on your side. 619-497-0054. 619-497-0054. Every day we find public opinion polls on a variety of subjects, especially political issues and candidates. Mark Twain had an opinion on the thing called public opinion. He said public opinion is held in reverence. It settles everything. Some think it is the voice of God. He was being facetious, of course, and for good reason. It's true that everyone is entitled to his or her opinion. But in the final analysis, there is only one opinion that really matters, and that is God's. God doesn't have opinions, of course. He simply states the truth, and we would be wise to conform our opinions to his truth. This is David Jeremiah, encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's truth on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today. This is John MacArthur with another edition of Portraits of Grace. David prayed, Restore to me the joy of thy salvation. You see, sin had robbed him of that joy. And that could become true of us because our joy is directly related to our obedience. If we're not committed to righteousness and obedience, we will forfeit God's wonderful blessing of joy. But more than that, you'll also lose opportunities to glorify God. When you think or behave unrighteously, you violate your reason for existence, you forfeit your joy, and you can't glorify God as He wants you to. Instead of causing others to see your good works and glorify God, you bring reproach on His name. When unbelievers look at your life, what do they see? I hope they see someone filled with joy, hungering and thirsting for righteousness, seeking to live to God's glory every day. This is John MacArthur looking forward to bringing you more Portraits of Grace. Local, national, and heavenly talk. This is the David Spoon Experience on AM 1210 K-Praise, the Christian station. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. I want to thank you for joining us here at AM 1210 k the Christian station in San Diego, California. I'm Steve Wheeler, the director of Whitefields Ministry, sitting in for David. And you can find our ministry at whitefields.org. I just finished up talking with Trevor from Connect Africa Ministries. 
You can also find out more of what we're doing together and coordinating on our whitefields.org water page. Just click on water at the top of the website and you'll see a video of one of those brick machines working and you'll see also some pictures and a video of where the people in Rook and Jerry were getting their water before we uh, helped uh, train the uh, members of the church there to build a water tank. And some of you have been involved in that. We want to thank you for that. This uh, relief effort that they are working on right now, you are uh, can call 760-846-8610. That's 760-846-8610. If you want to make a donation and help out with the food, uh, the goal is to keep these people from starving right now. But then the ongoing effort is to begin proclaiming the gospel, preaching the gospel to them. And then uh, over time, we want to be able to provide a pastor to go down to that region as people begin to receive Christ. It's a it's a three-hour trek across very, very tough and dangerous roads uh, from the Rook and Jerry Township. So eventually they'll have their own pastor down there. And then our coordination, our network with... Uh, Trevor's ministry will begin to help them to to build uh, sources of water and to get training people down there to teach them how to uh, farm and uh, sustain their water in a very dry area. And so that's the kind of the methodology of how those things work together. And then eventually they become self-sustaining. Everything's local. Everything is uh, produced from what they can do. They're not sitting around waiting and relying on somebody else to bring me what I need or to hand out to me. Instead, we're, we're working on the training and the developing and the, the local sustainability. I told you I was going to talk about the Philippines. We've been in the ministry to the Philippines since 1986. Our our ministry began planting churches in a, a very poor and needy country of uh, the Philippines, and we are still ministering in the Philippines. And I, I wanted to bring to your attention one of the churches that we're working with there. I remember the very first time that Pastor Chris uh, said to me, I was visiting him, and we were in the city of Cebu, uh, down in the southern uh, regions, uh, just just a, just north of Mindanao, where they're having a lot of uh, violence and trouble going on. And Cebu is very near that place. And I was there with Pastor Chris. He's kind of our team leader, our field director there. He fulfills the same role as Pastor Onesimus does in, in Uganda. Pastor Chris does that for us in the, the Philippines in Cebu. And and I was with him, and he said, we, we're going to go visit a place I think needs a church We've been working with a young man, Pastor Norberto, he told me, and we're going to go visit a church. Uh, the place is in a cemetery. Now, I first, when I heard that, I thought, okay, wait a minute. We used to joke about seminary all the time. Have you ever made that slip? You go, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm in my third year of cemetery. I mean, seminary. And so I thought, what are you joking with me? You're going to put a church in a cemetery? That's usually what people are trying to avoid is a church that's like a cemetery. And he says, no, no. He says, come with me. You're, you're going to see. He says, there are people that live in the cemetery. They're homeless. They're the poorest of the poor. And they, they literally, they live in the cemetery. Uh, there, there's big tombs. It's not just like the white the little, uh, little uh, grave markers. There's actually kind of tombs built. And the people live in amongst those because they can create shelter out of those. And they're the poorest of the poor. They're the uneducated of the uneducated. And these people were living in this cemetery. And Pastor Chris, uh, along with Pastor Norberto, this young man that he was training, 
had a heart to reach these people. And so uh, about four years ago, Whitefields began to support the ministry of Pastor Norberto to work there full-time, leading these people to Christ. I remember some of the early days, it was the prayer reports was was that, uh, you know, they had led someone to Christ. She had become a faithful member of the church, regularly coming every Sunday when they would gather. And uh, they, they were looking for something that they could help her do, train her to do. And then the job that they gave was that she she would be responsible to wipe off the plastic chairs that they set out uh, with a cloth. That was That was basically her skill level. And so her job after they had someone set the chairs out, she would come and she would wipe each one of them off. And these are very poor, very uneducated people. Oftentimes they're homeless and living in this cemetery setting uh, because they they just don't have any uh, capabilities beyond that. Sometimes they've just been struck by something, either an illness or something else. And so we've been praying for Pastor Norberto these four years. You can find his prayer report on the website at whitefields.org. And I really loved this this month's uh, uh, praise report from him because he said, Praise God for the Coretta ministry. God continues to bless our church and ministry. Our Bible studies and Sunday worship continue to attract new hungry souls. They come and enjoy the fellowship of the brothers and sisters. At first, it may be awkward for them, but later they accept and enjoy worshiping God through the the action songs and through God's word. One of the first experiences I had uh, watching Pastor Norberto, he had a had an amplifier, a speaker kind of strapped onto his waist, and he, he was wearing a headset with a microphone, and this was a battery-operated speaker so that he could carry this and walk around and gather people and talk. And it was mostly children that he had gathered around. He was leading them in child evangelism fellowship songs. Uh, Pastor Norberto works with CEF there in Cebu. And so he was using that to teach the children the songs and to teach them the Bible stories. And the parents, particularly the mothers, would kind of stand around the outsides of that group. And so I was there one afternoon watching this take place. And and afterwards, I talked to him about that. And I said, what's the result of this effort that you're doing? He says, well, you know what? Some of the mothers, they, they don't attend. They stand around the outside. They're very curious to hear what we're saying and what we're preaching. And so he says, We've we've just had a conversation my wife did with one of those ladies uh, this this week, and we think that she's going to become a believer in Jesus Christ. And that's how their ministry began was just gathering the children. And then they had this big bowl, big uh, big giant uh, metal uh, kind of a crock pot that they would cook a big uh, soup and. Uh, uh, throw some chickens in that. It was probably the only time that these people would have meat in their diet or rice, and uh, they were eating that. And so he shares in this report, one visitor we recently had is Elizabeth. She's 35 years old with two children. Last Saturday was her second time to attending worship with us, and we encouraged her to come on a regular basis and join the worship. We prayed for her family and reminded her that Jesus loves her and her children. And she replied joyfully and said that she's going to continue to come. So that's an opportunity for people can be praying for this young, uh, this mother in her mid-30s, Elizabeth. She's got two kids, no husband there, I'm sure. And uh, she's trying to survive in these issues of poverty. 
And then he also shares another one. We recently had a personal testimony from a lady who attends the free meal in the teaching time. And she said, I am Celia. I've lived inside Coretta Chinese Cemetery for the last three years. I have a daughter and I've raised her alone. My life has been full of trouble and pain. It's not easy to find a job when you only have an elementary education. Looking for a stable job with a higher wage is impossible. I take any job offered no matter how hard it is. I accepted laundry, a helper, a caretaker, and I sell different kinds of things just to survive. She says this, I feel exhausted, but I have no choice because I have a daughter and I love her so much. That's why I'm so thankful to have been invited by my friend to join their feeding. It's, a, it's what we call it a feeding program. And she said, there's a burger and a rice soup. It's free. So I join with my daughter and I'm so happy because I heard about the love of Jesus. So even though I have felt like a reject in my life, I have learned that there is hope and real joy in Jesus. Now I promise to myself that no matter how busy I am, I will give time to God and know him more. I'll continue to call upon him, especially during my sad moments. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me hope and putting a smile on my face knowing that you are there loving me. To God be the glory. That's the testimony of Celia. And so uh, Pastor Norberto shares with us in the final page of his report, the final paragraph, he says, Vacation is nearly finished, and classes will resume once again. Knowing that the children in Careta are poor, our primary concern was the children's school supplies. Well, we prayed that God would open the opportunity for the, the supplies for the children with the materials needed, and indeed, God is good, because he granted and answered our requests. A city church was used by God, and our children in Careta were provided with school supplies. That's the exciting part of being involved in prayer. When we pray and we ask God to supply, and God supplies, people break forth into thanksgiving all over the world. That's what's really excited about being involved in the ministry of prayer. And then we emphasize that at Whitefields. We uh, have prayer pages, uh, prayer reports. Every one of our pastors sends those. They're updated onto our website. You can find those at whitefields.org. Get involved in praying. It only takes a few seconds every day to say, Lord, please help this person at this church or this pastor and lift them up. Well, I'm Steve Wheeler, the director of Whitefields Ministry, sitting in for David. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on AM 1210 K-Praise, the Christian station in San Diego, California. When we come back, I've got some final uh, quotes and things to share about Independence Day. Don't go anywhere. More local, national, and heavenly talk on the David Spoon Experience. AM 1210, K-Praise, the Christian station. Hey, K-Praise friends, Sam Rasool here with Keller Williams Realty. No catchy radio jingle here, just me asking for the opportunity to earn your business. I've been a top-selling realtor here in San Diego for over two decades, having sold homes all over the county. I'll give 25% of my commission back to a ministry of your choice. I've already given thousands to Turning Point, San Diego Rescue Mission, and Samaritan's Purse, just to name a few. I'll even front any home fix-up costs at no charge to you. 
As a former Muslim and now Christian, I put God first personally and professionally. If you or someone you know is considering buying or selling a home, just meet with me. You have nothing to lose. I'll even share my testimony and give you a copy of my book. Call me now at 858-780-1SAM. That's 858-780-1SAM. Or visit me online for all your real estate needs. ThinkSam.com. That's ThinkSam.com. God bless. It's the one and only David Spoon Experience on AM 1210 K-Praise, the Christian station. Listening to the David Spoon Show, AM twelve ten K Praise, the Christian Station. What a beautiful song that is! Not only patriotic, but also a wonderful expression and calling out on God to to heal our country and to deal with our land. This is the day before Independence Day. We celebrate every year on July 4th our founders signing the Constitution, or not the Constitution, but the Declaration of Independence, actually. As you're you're going to bed tonight, think about this. What were those guys thinking when they were trying to go to sleep the night before they were going to sign the Declaration of Independence? You do realize that it was essentially signing their death warrant. They were going to go to war with the country of Britain, and uh, they were going to become uh, enemies of the state They were laying out everything that they had ever worked for in their lives to say there's got to be something uh, very, very important before us. I got kind of into the serious mode here. I'm going to go right into that because uh, I wanted to read for you just a few lines of the uh, unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America. This is the first paragraph. We don't often get this part. We don't uh, know it as well, but it begins this way. When... In the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. A dissent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. So this this statement that they are making, this declaration of independence, was to lay out a very clear and concise reason for why they had the right to separate from a government that was being despotic. And then it begins with this line, and this is the, I read in my research, that this is probably the most well-known sentence in uh, English literature. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, and that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. My friends, that is what the founders of our country began with. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. They went on to lay out for us very clearly why the separation from the government that they had been uh, submitted to was no longer a government that was allowing them to have not just 
greater wealth, not some kind of greater freedom or access, but things which they believed were unalienable rights that were endowed upon them, not by the power of man, but by their creator. Uh, There's been a lot of talk through the years trying to uh, somehow uh, tell us that uh, our founding fathers were really not Christian men, and I know not all of them were. Some have thrown a lot of uh, cold water on the celebration and patriotism of the the Declaration of Independence and what our founding fathers did, because some of them had bad uh, behavior. Some of them had, uh, uh, I know, uh, at least one was a uh, was a medical doctor and uh, practiced bleeding. Of course, that was the common thing in those days. Others were slave owners or had slaves. There were all kinds of things. And I guess as I've thought about that over the years, I, I, I kind of remember when I first started driving a car and I was only 16, I wasn't really very good at it. A few years into the process, I became better. Uh, the reason I wasn't very good when I was 16 was not because the rules of the road and the the confines of how I was supposed to drive according to the way that it, they'd been laid out were bad. It was because I, I hadn't totally fully affected all those things. And I think that the the amazing thing about the Declaration of Independence and the founding of our country and then the Constitution which followed was it laid out the groundwork for being able to solve problems that we would come across. The America the Beautiful song that was just playing is one of the songs that really kind of um, has captured that. You know, it was written uh, back, uh, boy, in 1892. Miss Bates, Catherine Lee Bates, was the author of the words of that song, Wellesley College in 1880, as she became the head of the English department. And uh, it was uh, began writing patriotic verse in uh, 1892. It was the 400th anniversary of Columbus' discovery of America. Miss Bates was visiting and teaching during the summer months in the state of Colorado, and it was while viewing the countryside from the beautiful summit of Pikes Peak, a summit which towers more than 14,000 feet above sea level, that she was further inspired to write a national hymn that would describe the majesty and vastness of our great land. This is from Kenneth Osbrook's book, 101 More Hymn Stories. I love both of his books, 101 Hymn Stories and 101 More Hymn Stories. Kenneth Osbeck goes on to say, uh, it quotes, uh, uh, Miss Bates, it was there as I was looking out over the sea-like expanse of fertile country, spreading away so far under the ample skies that the opening lines of the text formed themselves in my mind. Still later in that same year of 1893, Miss Bates visited the Columbian Exposition of the World's Fair that ran for several years in Chicago. And on this site of this exposition, magnificent buildings were erected. And that's where the expression alabaster cities was a direct result of that visit. And though this text sparkles with descriptive language, it is also interesting to note, says Kenneth Osbeck, that each stanza is rounded off with the earnest prayer that God will always help our land to attain its real destiny. That's really what will make America and what will make any country great is if we will call on God 
to deal with our problems and to resolve our sinful issues and help us to use the advantages and the blessings that we have and the resources at our fingertips to demonstrate the love of Jesus Christ in everything that we're doing. The hymn also reminds us forcibly of our noble heritage. Kenneth Osbeck goes on to say the pilgrims as well as the liberating heroes. And and in this hymn, as in her other writings, Miss Bates spoke often of the truth that unless we crown our good with brotherhood of what lasting values are our spacious skies, our amber waves of grain, our mountain majesties or our fruit of plains. That's exactly what I believe about the realization of what we have before us and the things that we can do. Just a few of the lines from that hymn, O beautiful for spacious skies, for amber waves of grain, for purple mountain majesties above the fruited plain. America, America, God shed his grace on thee and crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. O beautiful for pilgrim feet, whose stern impassioned stress a thoroughfare for freedom beat across the wilderness. America, America, God mend thine every flaw. Confirm thy soul in self-control, thy liberty and law. O beautiful for heroes proved in liberating strife, who more than self their country loved and mercy more than life. America, America, may God thy gold refine till all success be nobleness and every gain divine. And the final verse of that hymn, O beautiful for patriot dream that sees beyond the years thine alabaster cities gleam undimmed by human tears. America, America, God shed his grace on thee and crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. I hope that you will indeed go forth in your day and uh, celebrate brotherhood tomorrow. Show your love in some way. This is Steve Wheeler. You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience. I want to thank you for joining us here on AM1210K Praise, the Christian station in San Diego, California. Don't go anywhere. There's still more shows to come this afternoon. And you know, when I was a little boy, I remember we always sang these words. Oh, beautiful. The David Spoon Experience on AM 1210 K-Praise, the Christian station.